Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever this podcast may find you. It is I, as always, Gavin, and along with me is a uh, a COVID Justin. Yes, uh, we are also in separate locations, naturally, for this one, um, and doing this remotely because um, after a two and a half year gap, having never had COVID since lockdowns or anything like that, I finally drew the short straw. Which is hilarious because, like, if you think about what you and I do for work, um, you would think that you and I would have been, like, one of the first people to get it. And, like, it took me, like, a year and a half-ish yeah. uh, after, like, the first lockdowns. And now you two and a half years after the first lockdowns. Like, you know, you clean other people's cars for a living. Mm-hmm. And I go drive around in circles handing flowers to people at doorsteps or whatever, going to hospitals and stuff. Well, um, and... Yeah, what's interesting is that, like, I, I mean, at the beginning of COVID, while I was still early on in my business, like, I was still traveling and driving a lot. So, like, I've flown about 12 times during COVID. Oh, yeah, that's also true. And so I've flown 12 times during COVID. I've left the state many, many times. I've been to the East Coast twice. I've, like, you know, done tons of different things. And had about seven scares up to this point where um, I've had some close calls, got tested and whatnot, and just lucked out um, and didn't end up getting it. Um, and it really, I think this was a perfect storm what happened this time because I actually got the flu on Monday. And right. then that like prepped my immune system to be crap. And then I probably just happened to come across, you know, a, a virus <laughs> in yeah. between that time frame. And then uh, by. Friday, I was it, feeling like I had alert, an allergic reaction because I'm allergic to some dogs and had cleaned like a, a semi. But then come Saturday morning, I was like, oh, my taste is gone. Something's wrong. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Um, which is funny because when I got mine, well, first of all, my only real scares. Um, <laughs> here's how my 2020 and part of my 2021 went. Um, the only times I actually got like scared that I got COVID were reactions to hangovers. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, yeah. 2020 was a fun time, but anyways, um, it's funny when I got COVID, I actually never lost smell or taste. See, and what's weird with me is that overall, I had far more of a cough and throat problems earlier in the week from the flu than I have with this. Like my voice is a little crap, as you can tell right now, but like overall, my main two, th- my main three symptoms are some slightly irritable bowel crab you know and that does happen that's a common covid thing tiredness and um just the lack of taste which is coming back as of today that's good but that's it i the cough for the most part is not there i don't have this ridiculous you know like a whooping crazy guttural cough like a lot of people do yeah mine i'm trying to think because we're recording this in late october of 2022 i got mine in like two weeks or maybe a week, it'll be exactly a year for me. Um, and so I have to think back to when I had it. I had a really bad fever. Um, and I was actually documenting it like on my whiteboard in my kitchen as if I was like serving like prison sentence. <laughs> like the today it was this and then the next reading it was this and all that stuff. Um but I didn't lose sense of taste or smell. I had a bad fever. My cough wasn't crazy. I was just exhausted and had a pretty bad brain fog. Um, that, that's at least what I can recall. But like, yeah, I, I never had much in terms of like respiratory problems or 
you know, being able to not taste food, um, which I don't know if like the early people like that I know of that lost their smell or taste have gotten it back since then. Um, I don't know how long lasting, like truly long lasting, like some of those side effects are. Some people, I guess, never get it back. Um, yeah, um, there's a couple of people that I know that haven't fully gotten their taste or smell back. That's crazy, dude. I, I, I don't know how I, I could cope. I, I just love tasting food too much. <laughs> well, and that's what's weird is it's only like a dullness. I would say it's like a 50 or 60% reduction. So, for instance, when I drink my coffee in the morning, I can still taste that it's coffee there, but it tastes like there's like, I guess the best way I could describe it is like a layer of something on my tongue in between that. Right, right. So, yeah, it's like you're eating with the condom. I, I guess. <laughs> Never tried that. Don't think I ever will. I, but. I mean, I'm, I have a very colorful imagination. I don't know personally myself. <laughs> I'm just saying. No. <laughs> no, it, it is somewhat like that. I would almost more liken it to, like, my tongue having a layer of sand on it. Like, yeah, the taste yeah. can still get through the sand, um, but sure. the sand is still reducing it by, like, 50%. I like the condom analogy more. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Anyways, um, well, in other news, so I'm in my apartment, as one does when they do a remote podcast. However, um, it's a little chilly today. Uh, what's the actual temperature right now? 39 degrees, apparently, in Salt Lake. And guess whose heat doesn't turn on until tomorrow? This Yours. fucking guy. Yeah. Um, my apartment building is one in which, like, I can control how much of whatever is coming through the system. So like when it's summer, it's H or when in the summer it's air conditioning in the winter, it's heat. Um, I can control how much of it gets through and I can tell when the, like, you know, when to turn the fans on to distribute it. But in terms of whether I get eight or, uh, you know, just controls of the HVAC. So like heat or air conditioning, that's all done centrally uh, somewhere in the building. I don't know where, so, yeah, we all have to make a change at some point, and um, that they establish it's going to be on Monday. I mean, yeah, I'm not surprised because that reduces, like, you know, uh, a lot of, uh, what do I want to call it, uh, utility use for the whole building. Cause it they, also it, reduces quality of life. <laughs> it does. Um, <clears throat> no, because yours, having looked at your stuff, it runs off a big boiler system, so they, you know, probably You've looked at my of my HVAC? Yeah. You know, they're just normal boiler units. Um, you know, so that gets uh, heated oil, most likely, from the basement, and they don't have that running for most of the year. Oh, I thought you meant, like, you looked in my basement. <laughs> I was oh, like, no, that's, no, no. that's fucking weird. No, no. I've just looked at the unit in your room, and most of yeah. the older buildings like that just run off heated oil from the basement. Yeah. And so it's expensive to keep running all year round, and there's no point in the summer, so. But, right. Yeah, I mean, and to be fair... Um, for the last few years, we haven't had a cold front quite this early. You know, this is. Eh, I a mean, little we're, early. we're at the end of October, my guy. Um, I I don't know. I, I I've I've honestly been surprised. It's been as warm for as long as it has been. Normally, we've turned our heat on like at least a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, in other years, um, but it is what it is. Um, I'm bundled up. I got my beanie on. I got like my hoodie my like a big hoodie with like a fleece underneath it <laughs> um but it's all good um i'm going to be leaving actually uh, maybe in like a couple hours actually um for a while so 
we'll see about that. It was supposed to snow today. Actually, today, we were supposed to be filming a couple of cars again. And, um, well, it was supposed to be a downpour yesterday, and it ended up kind of being a downpour later in the day. I thought it was going to be earlier. And then it was supposed to snow today. I know Park City got snow. Yeah. But um, looking out my window right now, it's like cloudy with some sun peeking through it, and I'm still seeing the fall leaves. So, so yeah, I mean, what's I think we were originally supposed to shoot today, then we moved it to yesterday, but then once yesterday looked pretty bleak as well, we actually pushed it to next week, which turns out great considering my current predicament. Um, it, 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 yeah, <laughs> it actually kind of worked out because... <laughs> well, it's funny. It was either going to be a completely stacked and full crazy weekend for me personally... Um, and it went from that to being pretty fucking empty because today, initially, before we made the plans to have this shoot, um, today was actually supposed to be a drive with the Park City Car Club through Cascade Springs. And I, we had to move it for the shoot. And then now that the shoot isn't happening, he's like, well, I'm actually glad that we weren't going to be taking a bunch of sports cars through a really winding and sometimes narrow road and technical road, you know, and also for some people that haven't been on it. Um, so yeah, no, well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we, I kicked the ball or kicked that can down the road another week. Well, and on top of that, like for instance, I'm going to pull it up right now. Cause I'm curious that road like temperature right now is probably in the twenties. Um, it's probably, yeah, it's probably really fucking cold. Sundance. There we go. Sundance mountain resort. That's the closest thing. Oh, wow. It says it also is 39. Okay. So amazingly, according to, uh, you know, weather, dot com it's not any colder at the moment but it is going to get down into the low 20s so i mean it yeah it will be frozen yeah <clears throat> um, especially when a potential 992 gt3 was going to be in attendance <laughs> oh come on that's all the fun um no no it's not <laughs> but yeah so we're um pushing that off i did have one report however from uh around draper that they started getting a little bit of snow but it was just you know small sprinkles of coming down nothing actually Brighton got snow um and a facebook friend of mine in park city uh shared a photo actually i'm gonna i'm just gonna send it to you this makes for terrible radio i know but um uh, that's all good we're all about terrible radio I, i'm fucking not <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Fucking figure it out. Um, yeah. Just oh, nice. so you can get some context. It's pure white. Pure yeah. winter wonderland. So that's up in Park City. Um, I know. Our, I mean, it's cool to see the mountains adorned for the first time of the year in snow. It is. Um, and as per every end of October, I always feel like I never got enough done um, in the fall. Um, with like, you know, content creation and stuff. Cause like the leaves, it has a very, it's a very finite amount of time, you know, um, it's definitely, I don't know. It, it is a window. And sometimes I feel like, I don't know, that's, that's my own personal baggage that I carry. Um, but we got some great stuff, you know, with the 930 turbo swapped car and the Ross Young Q1. So that'll be really cool. Oh, uh, yeah. can't wait to get that done. Yeah. We're, we're going to shoot those cars, uh, a week from yesterday. And we're going to shoot our roundtable discussion, edit, and distribute it all <laughs> in one day. <laughs> we're going to try to get as much done with the rest of the video um, as possible before Saturday so we can just focus on roundtable and then get it out. Yeah, which, I mean, fortunately, we've already got a good legwork done. Um, so Yeah, we're... Porsche's done. Uh, Porsche, I would 
if I'm trying to be actually critical and accurate, it's probably 98% done. It's very, very close. So Rossian is probably, if I'm being honest, probably 60% done. Yeah. It's probably, I would say, probably closer to 40, only because I think we've done most of of the initial cutting, but I think we still need to layer a bit more B-roll on it. Um, Yeah. So, but... You know, we we've got enough progress prior to both my predicament and this weekend happening that we're not like screwed, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is good. But it'll be really cool to get out. I mean, it was cool just to see um, the having two very different colored cars and how those cars play with like the fall leaves and the color and contrast because you have this light blue Porsche and then this really relatively dark green, um, you know, Rossion and looking at both of those with the oranges and yellows and reds is kind of really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited to like see how that goes because like we got more, um, actually I don't think we've addressed this like podcast wise or anything like that. We got far more drone stuff than we ever have. Yeah. And so the drone is kind of in your department for operation, but you know, I'm me being the asshole that I am. I'm hypercritical about everything that we do. Um, and we walked away from this from this uh, video shoot with definitely the most bangers that that you've shot with the uh, for the for the channel before. Um, I, I I would say probably if we're talking about quantity, it's probably about on par with like the stuff that we got and some of the stuff we didn't even use for like minis. True. Yeah. But. Um, as far as like bangers, that's like more of like a next level thing for us. Um, yeah, this this was really good for us for for drone stuff. I was super stoked. I mean, part of it was also the location too, because the the way that Cascade Springs kind of develops as a road uh, coming up from, I guess Soldier Hollow. I, it's not really Midway. It is more Soldier Hollow. It is. Yeah. Uh, for for those that are in Utah and even know what that means. Um, the way it develops is kind of interesting because it starts to go up a hillside and the way that it develops through the mountain is v- pretty unlike any other road that's really in Utah. Like there's a lot of switchbacks and like other things that are like, like East Canyon is more switchbacks, right? Like on, or at least when I think of like big mountain pass, it's switchbacks from like the Salt Lake side going up the hill. Yeah. Um, Wolf Creek is definitely a lot more flowy. I mean, the mountains themselves aren't as aggressive or as uh, cascady. <laughs> um, so there's definitely like a more of a flow there. I mean, there are S curves and things like that and other switch, like a couple of switchbacks, but it's not as aggressive. Um, Big Cottonwood Canyon is like a really craggy, aggressive. Uh, like mountainous road with like not a lot of switchbacks either. Like the road is pretty direct. So like not a lot of roads in, in like Northern Utah, at least um, follow a hillside that well. Like a lot of them just kind of go through the mountains. Yeah. Whereas Cascade Springs, or at least this um, from the golf course going up to the top of the hill, it really ride like takes you along the side of the mountain really, really well. So, um, with, and this is a really long winded way of saying, you know, one of the reasons why we got good shit is because of the scenery and stuff, because 
the way the road follows the hillside is that if you're if you're up in the air, you don't really see this as much when you're in the car. But when you're up in the air and looking down onto the road, it's road hardly. It's sometimes no guardrail, and then there's just drop off. So it looks fucking aggressive. It looks super aggressive as far as you know, hardcore like mountain road kind of shit. Yeah. So. No, and I, I think we were both talking. It almost seems more like a what what we would call a California style road than a Utah style one because California with how a California well and if you're talking about California in particular it's like a lot of like the Santa Monica mountains yes because most of those mountains being that they're so close to both the coastline and to the city like they're there's just this pretty aggressive cliff face so when they build roads going into those mountains they kind of just have to follow the ridge of the mountain and build right. along it right and that's what they did on that on that latter half of Cascade going down into Soldier Hollow which is awesome mm-hmm. And there, there are other great parts of it too. Like you know, um, there's there's another key feature that I actually don't want to spill on air because um, if I I don't know I I don't know how much reach our podcast is ever going to get, but I don't want to like bring a bunch of unnecessary people to the road. Um, but I I'll just you know keep what I said uh, before. Uh, but the, I mean, there's a lot of other great aspects of the road though. No, for sure. And uh, I believe you had said that there was something that happened on Friday that you had to report on. Um, and I don't remember what it was. That I had You're... to report on? Yeah. I mean, there was a crash. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, you didn't hear about this? No. Oh, um, yeah. There was like a head-on collision on uh, one of the corners near the top. Um, oh, oh, no. Yeah. It was at the intersection. No, no. Was I at... did hear about that. Yeah. Yeah, it was at the intersection of Cascade Springs and Alpine Loop. Uh and from my recollection, it was a motorcyclist. Was it a motorcyclist in a, in a car or like a bike rider in a car? I believe it was a motorcyclist in a car because I know that the, uh, the the motorcyclist had two people on it. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yep. And, uh, you know, they happened right at the top, right as it tees with um, Alpine Loop. And yeah. that's a very sad day indeed. Like, yeah. I mean, who knows exactly what happened? We don't know, and we probably won't necessarily ever know because that's a you know little not our business. No, exactly. But regardless, it it sucks because whatever happened to whoever it was, uh, I know I believe, I believe one person. I know they were life flighted, but I can't remember if anybody died or not. Well, there, so I was going to just open up the Park City Car Club, uh, yeah. because a member posted it. Um. Somebody posted. Oh, it said so. The actually says fatal crash. Yep. Um. See. Yeah. Uh, so six days ago is when this happened. Um, it'll remain closed for a couple hours while law, law enforcement uh, conducts a crash investigation. Um. Yeah. So the motorcycle rider was dead on arrival. It was dead on the scene, and um, the passenger of the motorcycle rider um, was life lighted. Yeah, <sighs> which, which sucks. Which yeah, really sucks. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what else to really add to that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you know, be careful, be safe, fucking pay attention. Um, don't let your ego get the best of you when it comes to like navigating intersections. Take that extra one or two or three seconds, even e- like even in my car. Um, I'm always 
I really do try to be careful. I mean, part of this comes from me being a flower delivery guy and like knowing that I can't take off from an, a stop super quickly because shit's going to topple over. Yeah. I'm going to get cards wet. I'm going to get, you know, flowers are going to lose water or they're going to crush flowers or whatever. Um, so it's already been ingrained into me of like, you know, how to carefully pull away from a stop or from an intersection or something like that. Um, but yeah, people just, yeah, pay attention. Anyways, um, while you were actually getting into that, I actually remembered what I was going to talk about. Um, Good. yeah, Friday night. Uh, well, okay. So Friday on my way back, uh, home from work, I get a message from our lovely assistant, the Chenathan, John Chen, who has been on the podcast a couple of times. Um, he was like, hey, man, I'm going to be in downtown Salt Lake tonight. Like, let me know if you want to link up. And so I went home, um, and it was already discussed I was going to pop an edible anyways. So I popped an edible and uh, was just chilling, watching YouTube videos on my couch. And about 90 minutes into it, I get a call from him. And I was like, hey, man, like, are we going to get dinner or something? He's like, yeah, so funny story. I was shooting with Koi. Koi is the guy that, Justin, as you know, um, got with that pink STI. Gotcha. Uh, they were doing a shoot in downtown, and they stumbled across uh, a first-gen V10 automatic R8 that was, I think, trying to be loaded onto a truck or onto, uh, like, a flatbed. And... Uh, they, I guess they were having some troubles with clearances and stuff. Uh, so th this is actually a very Justin McIntyre story to happen, by the way, like the oh way boy. that th this develops. So I get a phone call. I'm like, not like stone stone. I didn't take like a huge one. I was just like, you know, relaxed and like loose. And so I get a call from Chen who's riding around with Koi and the R8 is behind them. And they're trying, they were driving around Salt Lake trying to find steep driveways to load this, this car <laughs> okay and so <laughs> they called me and they're like hey so like do you know anyone with the steep driveway i'm like i'm not gonna put you onto someone else's property to have you like to cause a traffic commotion to load an r8 onto a fucking flatbed someone uh, this other person i don't know <laughs> yeah like it's not that there were red flags but i'm just like i'm just not gonna do that i'm not gonna like inconvenience other people's lives so um i was like well pull up to my place and like, we'll figure it out. And so, I mean, we were also going to possibly use Hillside Avenue as like the steep driveway. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. It's just the road in front of my apartment. It's, it's rather steep. So, um, <laughs> so we get, we get the, the truck and trailer and, um, Chen riding with, uh, Koi and the STI, like they pull up. And they look at my driveway and they're like, we could, but that's going to be a real pain in the dick to do because of just like the overhang of like the apartment, how like my driveway is steep downward. It's not steep upward from the street. So it would be like a real bear to like even get the R8 down there to then load it back up onto the trailer. And like, it would be a bear for like getting the truck out of my driveway, like once the R8's loaded, because it has to be on the angle, has to be on the hillside of yeah. my driveway. So we looked at the McCune Mansion parking lot that's next door. <laughs> 
and we were like, I wonder if we could just use this. And so we started giving it a go, and then CBI security rolls up. Oh, boy. And um, the owner of the R8 was like, yeah, uh, are we, like, we're, we're just trying to load this car onto this trailer. We're going to be out of here. We're not going to be here long. Like, is it okay if we do this? And, like, the CBI officer is like, yeah, like, sure, I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, this is at least something interesting for me to do. So. I mean, that's cool that he was cool about it. Because, like, you never know. Some of those guys can be, <clears throat> you know, pretty. Uh, he stuck up their ass, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, like, they were even cool enough, like, while we were doing it. Like, I was talking to the officer. Or I don't want to call down don't want to necessarily give them like the credit of calling them an officer. I feel like that gives them a more power than what they really have. But anyways, um, yeah, I was just talking to the guard there and I was like, Hey, so like, when do you like need to be out of here? Or like, when do you like need to go like somewhere else? He's like, Oh, five, like five minutes ago. I'm like, Oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, we were able to like move in a way to let them out. And like, they, they bounced and, but we finished up what we were doing, and um, yeah. So that car, the, the R8 in question, is a VF supercharged uh, V10 that is allegedly making a thousand horse. Nice. Yeah, and it's not just a, the automatic; it is the dual clutch. So it's a facelifted first gen V10. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah, had a big old wing on the back and like a lip up front, and um, yeah, it was interesting. And they actually uh, had it as a giveaway car. So okay. they were the reason why they were driving it. Um, the guy is actually from like uh, not Daybreak, Riverton. Um, yeah, the guy like lives in Riverton, and um, they were actually shipping it to Florida. So that's why it was on the trailer because like they were driving around like just fine because the car was like doing pulls and shit. Like I actually heard it from my apartment as it was doing a pull by the Capitol. Nice. <laughs> uh, while I was on the phone with Chen, but um. Yeah, like no mechanical problems. They were just transporting it to get it somewhere else. So hmm. um, that happened. And then I hopped in the STI with Chen and Koi and uh, drove and got spits and then went home and fell asleep. And that was my Friday night. <laughs> nice. That's that's funny. I mean, yeah. that, that kind of reminds me of like when I uh, uh, was transporting the RS e-tron out to... Uh, Denver and like I don't know if I ever told you the story of like on my way back I parked in a parking lot because I had a truck and trailer so I needed to have a large ass parking lot you did tell me about this yeah yeah and like security officer comes up I said give me five minutes like can I just have five minutes to go get something he's like oh yeah cool and then I come back out and they had like <laughs> some other dude had pulled up and been a complete asshat to him and he's just like oh yeah screw you and towed them and left me and he was super cool but it's nice. you know kind of goes to show like with your experience even with them most of those guys if you're just like hey can you give me like three minutes we'll be out of your hair we're not trying to actually like use this parking lot legit we're just using the ramp <laughs> right and it's not like there was an event that was going on at the McCune mansion and it also helped that you know um a resident of the apartment that was next door was with them yeah if they were just randos like there might be a bigger problem but i was talking to the officers like hey like i live in this building right here like oh yeah is that okay if we just use this for like 30 minutes just to try to get this thing carefully on here so we, they can get out of here no for sure and i think that was really best case scenario because like i don't know what else they could have really done like aside from going up into like either like the upper avenues or like north salt lake to try to inconvenience some rando like <laughs> like I, I I don't know. 
I don't know. Um, yeah, typically, um, I mean, I'm actually surprised that the uh, tow driver wouldn't have had better solutions. A lot of those guys... He wasn't like a, like a legit tow driver. He was a buddy of the guy with the R8 uh, that had a yes. flatbed. That's, yes. Yeah, it was one <laughs> um, of those. Yeah, so usually most of those tow guys, if they're legit tow guys, will have some speed ramps or two by fours or other things they can. He actually had use. that stuff. Um, he had a ramp, or he, he had like these ramps that came out, uh, and we actually to get the car onto the ramps. He actually had some <laughs> uh, some stolen, um, like you know, the base of traffic cones, like that black rubber. Yeah, he had a couple of those. Ah, uh, I gotcha. Just for like that extra inch of clearance. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's so funny. Like people don't realize what you have to do sometimes to get a lowered vehicle onto things like that. And it's, uh, yeah, it's not as necessarily as professional looking as you think. <laughs> oh, we had to back the car up too. We did, it didn't go face first. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's funny. Uh, I, I actually saw, I think it was on your story. I think I, yeah. Uh, saw it on your story and i was like oh that's a intriguing thing to happen there that's interesting <laughs> well i think it's funny that that happened and so that was friday night and then saturday like mid late afternoon i got a text from the ra owner that we shot for our audi film yeah and he was like hey man you want to shoot i'm like oh i guess i'm dealing with two r2 r8s this weekend <laughs> nice yeah huh, not too shabby yeah yeah, but I feel like I, I wanted to save that for the podcast because I was like, oh, yeah, this will be this is a good story. And I have some pictures to show for it, too. No, for sure. Um, I found uh, <clears throat> I found something kind of crazy earlier this week, which I'm going to send you the photo of right now. Um, so as many of you, or, uh, those of you that there are <laughs> probably yeah. know, I'm a fairly major sob nut. But most of my sob experience comes from the 1980 and later sob 900 category. Um However, Saab made a lot of things prior to that, um, and a lot of very interesting things. Like they, yeah, had... I don't know. Have you heard about their jets that they apparently made? <laughs> Not at all. No, that, that that was never used by the GM overlords to sell cars. Never Not at all. No, Not totally at all. Totally not marketing bullshit. Um, so, like, I've been, you know, it's been one of my dreams to have more experience with earlier Saabs, and I will mm -hmm. eventually. But. Uh, I'm in a lot of groups that a lot of stuff about them shared about. So you have uh, three generations of Sonnet, which was their version of like a little two-door sports there car. There were three generations of Sonnet? There were. Um, they're more wow. or less facelifts, face but they are called the Sonnet 1, 2, and 3. Oh, um, okay. Gotcha. Gen 1 um, and a bit of Gen 2 had a three-cylinder, two-stroke motor that you could have had in it. And in the States, we only got that in, like, Gen 1 because of emissions reasons in the 70s when they phased all that stuff out. Right. So I found, um, also in the Saab 93, which is different than the Saab 93 because reasons, um, um, <laughs> It that's a little, like, uh, we'll call it more of a two-door general car. A Saab 93... Um, also got that engine and was one of the ones that they used in rallying a lot. Well, at one point, Saab being as crazy as they were, they created a prototype that, and I'm sending you this right now, Gavin, took two of these three-cylinder engines. Oh, and my God. Put them, um, normally they're longitudinal-based, but front-wheel drive kind of like my Saab 900 is. They turned them sideways and put two of these three-cylinder, two-stroke engines, one driving each wheel yeah. in this car. That's hilarious. <laughs> but oh can my you, God. Now, these engines only had like 40 horsepower. Um, that's just what they were. 
But like, can you imagine the cacophony of noise that would come from that being how loud and zingy two strokes are? Well, there's that. And also the thing that kind of pops into my head is, uh, you know, uh, getting timing to match up. I mean, there's a, there's a contraption with two different distributors, uh, sandwiched in between the two engines, um, and, you know, pulleys and a belt that goes around four different pulleys. And four um, different carburetors, too. Sh- yeah, yeah. But, like, <laughs> and, and also imagine if one of the, you know, cylinders and one of one, either side, you know, gets a misfire or something like that. Like, cars like, just starts pulling one way. <laughs> yeah, my, my left engine isn't working quite as well, so I have to steer to the right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I found that. I was like, oh, my God. It just... Bl- the more, even though I've been in the Saab community as long as I have, like, I keep finding these things that are actual factory prototypes that are like, what the fuck were they yeah. thinking? Like, it's yeah. it's amazing that the Swedes just think so left field sometimes. You're like, what on earth? Um, and I've always wanted to actually give a hand at trying one of those two-stroke engines because they just sound like crazy. I There's... There's a video I found forever ago of a dude rallying through the Swedish woods with one, and it sounds like a dude's about to pull up on, like, a chainsaw. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally what it sounds like, because they rev to, like, 10,000 RPM. Sure. I mean, they kind of have to. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the only way they generate any power. Right. (laughs) But just, just thinking of two of those piloting the same car, one piloting each wheel, is just a hilarious vision. Ah, and I'm... I, w- I would love to see it. <laughs> I would love to drive it, but like, and apparently, this car still exists. It's in a Saab museum somewhere, of course. Oh, I'm but, sure. You surprised know. it's not at the lane. Uh, yeah, actually. Um, I'm actually surprised it's not at the lane either because this is totally something that would be right up his alley. Yeah. Um, it would be cool if we had like the means to do like just a weird Saab, um, like not a trilogy, but like a weird Saab documentary. Mm-hmm. you know, a la Audi 4.2 V8, you know, make it like an hour and a half, two hour long thing where we just drive weird shit. Well, yeah, because they, well, so they had that. And then also in the Sonnet, the later Sonnets had a Ford Cologne V4, not an inline four, a V4. <laughs> so sorry, I was adjusting my microphone, but yeah, I mean, that's fucking nuts too. Like, they had that. Um, oh, and then also, like, in these two-stroke uh, three-cylinder engines, because of the fact that the early versions of that were, just like most two-strokes, lubricated by the oil coming in from mm-hmm. the fuel, mm-hmm. um, they had to have what's called a freewheel system, which was basically an automatic disengaging clutch so that it wouldn't just keep the engine revving at high RPM with no fuel going in. Right. So, so they had to create this crazy extra technology just to use this engine, but which then became obsolete the second that they went to the V4 because that's a regular four-stroke engine. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's weird is that they kept it. So you could still get a V4 with the freewheeling technology and basically idle down the freeway because the clutch would auto-disconnect. Nice. <laughs> Anyways, weird, weird shit. But yeah, I, I mean... It would be super cool because Saab had some wacky shit. I, and I would still love if we were able to somehow fund a trip over to Europe to find one of the 26 individuals that got the last-gen Saab 9.5 wagons. Oh, yeah. Because there was only the 26 prototypes made that were sold at auction when Saab went bankrupt, but and they found out how to register them. And, man, like, 
I mean, if you want to talk about diminishing returns on a video. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, that The video would be diminished before it was even out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but there's so many of those things that are just so bizarre that would be cool to, to explore. Yeah. Um, just because they are so different. I mean, they, they are Swedes. They're the definition of quirky. Yes. <laughs> if nothing else. But, uh, and then, yeah, really... I was thinking the only other automotive thing I even did this week was uh, watched a uh, watched a thing on Jay Leno's turbine car. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, my obviously my week's been kind of boring. I've been sickly, um, but that was an interesting deep dive as well because that was like, oh, Chrysler actually being innovative and trying to create something new, and and dumping millions upon millions of dollars into creating a turbine powered car for the road, and then. You know, realizing, oh, each one of these engines costs ten grand. Each, uh, you know, big block that we throw in a car costs like three hundred dollars. Yeah, that's not viable. <laughs> I mean, when was the last time? What, what's the most recent time that Chrysler, whether it's Chrysler or Dodge, um, or Plymouth, uh, or Oldsmobile, um, when was the last time they were like? revolutionary or innovative or anything because i don't necessarily count the hell i mean the hellcat branding as you know as marketing and as branding has been wildly successful but yes um now there was the last time like they were actually not just like that they made good cars but like when they were actually like pushing the ball forward in any regard so um they were there, there may very well be things after this, but I'm not privy to them. However, I do know for a fact they were in the mid '80s because they created the minivan. Okay, yeah, I'll they give you that. Cre- they created the minivan for better or for worse, car enthusiast-wise. But they did create something that was not there prior, because prior to that, it was station wagons or large full-size vans on full frames. I mean, basic bro car enthusiast dunk on minivans, but like honestly, I kind of want one. They're same here. They honestly are the them and trucks, depending on what you're doing, are the most useful vehicles you could have. Because it it depends on what you're doing, but like a minivan, the fact that most minivans, especially with modern stow and go type of stuff can right. fit like an entire 8 by 4 sheet of plywood or dry or sorry, sheetrock uh, or things like that without, you know, with it being completely enclosed and weather tight and everything. And there's just so many different things you can do with them, and they get decent enough miles per gallon most of the time, and mm-hmm. they're comfortable as hell. And, you know, they're just designed to do effectively anything a daily mom runabout would need to do. Right. Or, you know, could ha- completely house a production um, office, mm-hmm. you know, for like a small group of people to go on a trip and also film, say, I don't know, moving objects such as automobiles. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, like, part of me wants, like, a 10-year-old, not clapped out, but just, like, a high mileage but maintained, uh, like, Honda Odyssey or something. Like, part of me, like, really wants one of those. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Part of me still wants a Kia Carnival. Carnival! Because they are just so... I've sat in one at this point, and they are just so nice. <laughs> Especially yeah. if you get the uh, the model with the center captain's chairs that recline full flat. Oh, my sure. God. Because, like, think about that. If we 
got that as a camera vehicle, and then you had four massive heated and cooled captain's chairs. The middle ones lay down all the way flat. Oh. The thing about a nice minivan, though, is that I would actually feel bad about like jumping in the back with the hatch up and getting it like dirty and like yeah. kicking around it and scuffing it up. Like I'd, I, I would feel bad about that. Which, hence, ten-year-old Odyssey. Problem solved. Don't give a shit. <laughs> no, I know. Um, no, the ten-year-old Odyssey or things of that nature would work pretty well. And we, we've thought about that before. That in the long run, something like that might be a great first like camera car purchase. Right, because like, I mean, you know, Honda's just run. Yep. Um, by nature, I mean, as you were saying before, there's a certain era where which. You know, before a certain year, like the transmissions will eventually grenade after a certain point, and then mm -hmm. afterwards, like that problem got solved. Yeah. Um, I mean, the J series V sixes just you know they're super stout. They just keep running. Um, they don't have like major electrical problems that I know about. Um, no. They get you know decent fuel economy. Um, they have VTEC. So oh yeah. Can, so we can hit VTEC while we're like getting camera shots. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and like you know, seemingly endless uh, storage uh, capacity while also uh, not riding super high like a Sequoia or a Tacoma. Mm -hmm. um, it's not going to have. It would have independent suspension, right? Uh, yes, I believe the rear would be independent. Yeah, the, so it wouldn't be, like, riding on big old leaf springs. So, like, it would have, like, really good ride quality while also being low to the ground for, you know, visuals for camera. Um, yeah. Like, I kind of just want to... <laughs> part of me wants to sell the Fiesta and get a minivan and a Miata and, like, call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it would be funny. And, um, I mean, you can... Even in that era of Odyssey, you could get them with, like you know, DVD players and shit like that. So, you, you know. get them with a vacuum in the back. I know. <laughs> That's, <laughs> uh, leave it to Honda to think outside the box with things like that. Because yeah. that, that is pretty funny to think about. Like, oh, yeah, here, we know that moms uh, deal with a lot of spills. Here's a vacuum. Exactly. Uh, we had one with Everyday Driver as a press vehicle while we were uh, filming our special mid-engines and mountains, which had the Alpha 4 seat. This is in 2014, so brand new at the time. Presser, uh, press car, uh, Alpha 4C. We ha went through a private owner to get a Lotus Elise, and then uh, we actually rented from some rental company in L.A. I, I wasn't in charge of booking cars for this. Yeah. Um, but we had a rental uh, Porsche Cayman. <laughs> uh, base Cayman, but it had PDK. Nice. And so uh, we had those cars for a few days and we needed a camera support car and i guess probably paul uh reached out to honda was like hey can we get like a loner honda odyssey we're using it as a support vehicle but we will make a little review about it um like while we're in the field and stuff and they're like yeah sure here you go and so i drove that for a little bit too um i on that trip i drove cayman alpha and uh odyssey actually was offered the chance to drive the Elise, but I had only driven like a small handful of manual cars before that. Yeah. And we were, you know, a long way from our home, but also a long way from civilization. And I didn't want to fuck anything up on the car. Oh, yeah. And so I actually put, you know, uh, politely denied, um, even though like the dude was like super chill. And, I, and he was like, you know what? I totally get it totally understand why you wouldn't want to 
you know, uh, harm anything, uh, especially what, because we were like on the hillside of this like steep fucking mountain, like hours from LA. Yeah. Uh, we were filming this up in, uh, Mammoth. And so we were a long way from a lot of things. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And I don't know exactly where I was going with that, except for, it was go Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah. Go Honda Odyssey. <laughs> well, yeah. and, I, I just had a funny uh, a funny thought, um, which will make so, which would make some people happy. Like theoretically, the J series engine and the underpinnings of the front end of the Odyssey are basically an Accord. Yeah, that generation of Accord was offered with a manual. No, you're not going to go there. <laughs> I'm not going to. I, I could just. <laughs> I was mainly going to point out that I could see some people doing that. Well, uh, Bizimoto. Um... You you know about Bizimoto, right? Yes, I've seen this Odyssey in question. Yeah, a big old turbo J series fucking thousand horsepower Odyssey with uh with a manual. Talk about ridiculous. <laughs> yes, actually, that's the kind of car we should have had on our uh, on our death car shoot. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's uh, death to seven people at the same time. Yes, fill the van and just. Uh, Go to China. Hey, I mean, hey, but the more people you put in it, the more weight there is to put the wheels to the ground, so probably the less wheel spin. Oh, that's... Well, it depends where the weight is, though. True. Because, you know, if you put too many people in the back... So what you're saying is you need to forward ballast, so fattest people to the front. Correct. Cool. <laughs> th th this isn't uh, weight judgment. This is physics. <laughs> right, yeah. This is. We're not fat shaming. We're just trying to stay alive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness uh well i think this might be about all my voice can take it's starting to get a little hoarse and i'm starting to feel kind of uh yeah what you're not about to put on like a death grips concert or anything no um <laughs> no, no no i would like my voice and the and the remainder of my uh, weekend to stay intact without ca a cacophonous amount of coughing Cool. Well, uh, I think it's about time for me to take my laundry out. So, um, and I have stuff to do later today, which you and I can talk about later. Nice. Uh, yeah. So, uh, thanks everyone for checking in and listening to, uh, the most recent and, uh, COVID filled episode of the exhibition of speed podcast. <laughs> um, we have hoodies still available for sale. Uh, I, have you taken or have you like exported like what orders we've gotten? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, so we we do them in batches. So and actually, I need to buy one because you have the one solo one from shoot, and I would like a fresh one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, get our get some hoodies. It's fucking cold. I mean, I kind of wish I had our hoodie. I mean, I have another hoodie, but like, I quite like how soft our hoodie is. Oh yeah. Um. That's my alarm going off for laundry. But anyways, um, yeah, we have hats. We have stickers. We have T-shirts. We have hoodies. Get your swag on, dog. Uh, go to www.exhibitionofspeed.com is where you can find those. Uh, you can find, I think, a feed for our podcast there. We have articles there. Um, I, in the all the spare time that I don't have, need to put together a way for people to buy my prints. Uh, my photographic prints from our website. I feel like that would still be in our best interest. Yeah. Uh, to do that. Uh, today, we're recording this on the 23rd. Uh, a week from today, so six days from when you'll be hearing this, uh, we will be dropping a new video. So go ahead and 
check that out. If you are not subscribed already, go to www.youtube.com forward slash exhibition of speed. <laughs> I'm doing all the URLs today. I know. Um, and uh, go find us there and subscribe, like some videos, go watch some shit, uh, get us that third of a cent for that sweet, sweet Google ad money. And uh, yeah, no, uh, I don't know what else to really plug here. So uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the Exhibition of Speed podcast, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.